Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk. Today, we're going to talk about St. Vincent's College and winning the battle for America. Kimberly Fletcher, founder of Moms for America, joins me today in studio. Who defends Western freedom, the Nord Stream pipeline and Biden? And Hurricane Ian, Don Lemon, another swing and a miss. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. On America Can We Talk, I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. America Can We Talk is sponsored by GC Works, a Dallas-based company performing advanced technology research in the oil and gas industry. And hello again, and welcome to America Can We Talk, and to today's First Five, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. There's a college in America named St. Vincent's. It's a Catholic university and viewed by many parents very desirable because it is not supposedly woke. And so a lot of parents felt comfortable sending their children to St. Vincent's College. And as I say, Catholic in not only founding, but in his teachings today. And there's an amazing story I want to quickly share with you what happened at St. Vincent's College because it ties into some of the things we'll be talking about today. So the story was actually written by a former professor named Bradley Watson, Bradley Watson. And he is a professor at St. Vincent College and also was the director of the college's Center for Political and Economic Thought. So that sounds great. You're going to have presenters and talk about economic and political thought. So in April of 2022, so he invites speakers to come and address different issues that are political or economic in nature. In April of this year, he invited a speaker uh, among hundreds of others he had invited to the campus over 23 years, and this speaker addressed the issue of affirmative action, essentially arguing against affirmative action as it presently exists in American law today. So you know, nothing about his presentation was other than scholarly, intellectual, making the arguments many people would likely make about affirmative action. Shortly after that, a minute number of people began to complain to the university, as he describes them, a small, woke mob, a handful of students and a few alumni, an activist board member, and some local agitators. These people pressured the administration of St. Vincent's College, essentially claiming that you can't have someone come and speak and argue against affirmative action. You're not allowed to think that. You're not allowed to say that. And this school, formerly having been fairly strong about saying we don't go woke, we are conservative, we are Christian, we are Catholic, they capitulated almost instantaneously to this woke mob. And in the course of their reaction, they issued an apology. They apologized for the speaker. They claimed it was contrary to the Catholic mission of the college. They accused the speaker of promoting division and bigotry. And they announced the administrative takeover of this Center for Political and Economic Thought. 
And the writer of this article, and by the way, all the articles we talk about today are posted at our website, americacanwetalk.org. And the homepage at americacanwetalk.org, top of the homepage says shows, drop down list of links. You can read these stories yourself. I encourage you to read the stories I talk about. The reason I want to talk about this today in the first five is because we talk in the show a lot about policies and ideologies and elected officials and policies and laws, and especially people in Washington or in power in states around the country. But I want to make this point, which I make many times in my speeches, which is political change and political persuasion doesn't always necessarily come from on high. It's not candidates, elected officials, people in power announcing ideology, announcing what they want people to think. It is actually often coming from ground up. It is in America. We have unfortunately arrived at the place where many left-wing viewpoints, many left-wing viewpoints are believed by many people to be the only way that you're allowed to think, the only right way to think. And these people, and this is a, a mass of America, a mob in America, think not only is there only one right way to think, but that anyone who doesn't agree with you is not only to be challenged, but is to be shut down, canceled, vilified, accused. And this is exactly what happened at this little college called St. Vincent. He describes this as groupthink and cowardice dismantling the college collegiate center and he said faster than any woke mob could have, but actually what he's observing, what he's describing, is exactly the way many serious changes happen in America, whether it's administrations and universities, it's corporations, it is local communities, all sorts of groups. They bend to the people who speak up. The people who speak up and are belligerent, or if you want to be more polite, assertive, the people who speak up and demand that their voices be heard, their views be accepted, they become policy shapers. Because at St. Vincent, what now has been learned by this gentleman who's now left the university, as well as students and faculty, is the woke mob rules. And in part that happened, in great part that happened, because there wasn't a counter voice by conservatives at St. Vincent College. There wasn't a countering voice of other professors, other members of academia, other student groups, pressuring the faculty, the administration, the other way and saying, don't let them push you around. This is what is needed in America in countless arenas. Leftism is inherently belligerent, inherently tyrannical. They will always insist that their views be listened to and followed. And the only way to get people in charge of anything to listen to both sides and to perhaps entertain common sense conservative America is to have other voices speaking up. Political policy is not just shaped by Washington or elected officials. It's shaped by the willingness of the average American to speak up in all sorts of situations, assert common sense Americanism, and point out how it is the left that is shutting down one of the most treasured, valued, important, enshrined ideas behind all of America, which is freedom of speech. By the way, quick thing, affirmative action is actually going to be on the Supreme Court's agenda this fall. There is a hearing on October 31st for two cases pending before the United States Supreme Court, both dealing with affirmative action and college admissions. You know I'll be all over that case because the idea of colleges continuing to be able to discriminate based on race um, has been smoldering really since the first discussion of affirmative action. These are great, great cases that the Supreme Court has to hear. The Harvard case, 
involving an Asian student group and another case involving UNC, which is a public university, which also has the claim, in addition to all of the discrimination uh, claims that Harvard has at UNC, it is a question of whether it's a violation of equal protection. They've got a federal constitutional question posed to the court. It's a really, really great thing to see people standing up against affirmative action. I'll tell you that this whole pressure idea coming from the people, um, it has invaded pressure, whether it's from the left insisting on their point of view or the right finally speaking up. It has invaded colleges and universities, as we were talking about, also has invaded the FBI, also has invaded school boards. There is a growing need for truly informed, passionate, patriotic Americans to speak up in every venue in life and speak truth, because if we don't, the left is very, very motivated to change and really undermine all of the greatness of America. And that, my very fine friends, is today's First Five. So we started the show, I told you we have a guest joining us. She's in studio, uh, Kimberly Fletcher. And if you have listened to our show before, you may remember she was on quite a few years ago. But in any case, she is the founder of an organization called Moms for America. First of all, I love that name. Because everyone, you know, mom is such a heartwarming name, just being moms for America. Very quickly about her, um, she is an unabashed America-loving mom. She's an author, columnist, and president and founder of Moms for America. She's a wife of a retired Air Force officer and the mother of eight children. Wow. Okay, I won't even go there. Mother of eight children who's made it her personal mission to educate and inspire the mothers of America to realize their immeasurable worth and has uh, authored and co-authored several books, including Women, America's Last Best Hope. Let's welcome to the show, Kimberly Fletcher. Hi there. Hi, it is so good to be back. Great to have you here. I'm so glad you could join me today. And um, you know, your organization, when you were, I don't know when that was, but it was quite a while ago, your first getting this started. When did you found Moms for America? 2004, we founded it. I, I founded the organization in a living room in Dayton, Ohio with 26 women. And it quickly grew to a national membership, but it was really, 2017 when we held the Moms March for America, which was a counter to the Women's March in Washington, D.C. That was really when we really just exploded, and we have just been on this crazy train ever since, just growing well, by leaps and bounds. Well, crazy growing train, but back to that conversation in your living room uh, in Ohio, and what did you say, 2004? 2004. What, what were you talking about? What was the, what, why were you talking? Uh, it was about the election back then because uh, there was, I don't know if you remember the 2004 election, but there was something that all the women that I was talking to kept saying the same thing, that they felt like there was like this impending doom. And if you've, you've ever read um, the, the, the Madeline, Madeline Engelson book where she talks about the, the great nothing um, coming down and, and it, it's, that's what they kept saying. If, if I said, did you read that book? They're like, yeah, yeah, that's what it's like. They felt like that there was this impending doom and they said we just feel like this election is too important so we're not going to vote and I was like you're, oh, you're, you're, you're going to what? <laughs> so I, I helped them uh, better understand who the candidates were in, in the election and I felt the same thing in fact I told people numerous times that during that election what I prayed for most was four more years of peace and every time I'd say that they're like oh my gosh why don't you pray for 20 or 30 and I said because I knew we were lucky to get four and yeah. it, it's just been going downhill ever since, just like on the fast track to, to I don't know, every day you wake up and you're like, are we, are we, is this reality? Are we living in some kind of alternate universe? But it's real. And we just want to stand up against everything that's coming at us. 
Well, I love Moms for America. So united that you got this group going, and among the things you mentioned a moment ago, you were part of a march to counter the alleged women's march. Mm -hmm. And I, whenever that happens, I always want to call it the anti-women's march, right. or, the, or they don't <laughs> represent us women's march, or something like that. Um, so, but now your organization, it has exploded. I mean, it's truly it amazing. So if you would, I know you I want to tell for our listeners, first of all, the website is momsforamerica.us, momsforamerica.us. I cannot begin to, to capture today in our interview all that they do, but I do want to hit some highlights. So tell us, uh, you know, your organization now, you did the march, which is great. What are you trying to get mothers to do? I mean, what, what do you want them to do to get involved? I want them to understand what America really is and why it's worth fighting for. Because there's, you know, there's this American exceptionalism that, that really is exceptional. There's yes. no such thing as Irishism or Englishism or Americanism. It's an ideal. And, and there's a great quote. I can't remember who quoted it, but I say it all the time, that patriotism isn't just a land and and. and rivers and, and, you know, fields, it's, it's an ideal. And in America, that ideal is, is freedom and patriotism is allegiance to that, to that ideal. And so I want them to understand what is the American exceptionalism? What is it that makes us so different in all the world that people from all over the world w will do anything to be here? And now we have, you know, generations of people that don't even realize what we have and they're throwing it away. I want them to know what it is they have before they throw it away. Kimberly, I, you're singing my tune, first of all, because this show, I, I always say it's about saving America, and you don't get motivated to save it, to try to protect it, unless you understand why it is unique and extraordinarily great. And it's the ideas of the founding from the Declaration, from the Constitution, and what kind of country got created because of our commitment and belief in those ideas. So I want to have you talk about a bunch of things, but I do want to turn to one thing I noticed on your website. Um, you have a, and first of all, you have the great website, by the way, lists their mission, their vision, their motto, which comes from Thomas Jefferson. Um, but you had in there a discussion about cottage meetings. And I, I remember you talking about this mm -hmm. last time I saw you. So what are those? So Cottage Meeting Project is our signature program, and it's basically Tupperware for Liberty. All moms know how to Tupperware do it. Tupperware for Liberty. Right. I'm sorry. That's right. <laughs> well, if, when you say that, you get what it is. You know, you're, you're inviting your, your friends and neighbors, you know, other moms and, and women into your home. But instead of promoting plasticware, we're promoting the principles of liberty in the Constitution. And we do it through inspiring stories, examples moms can relate to, personal experiences that instantly resonate with them. And if all they do is just meet once a month, by the end of a year, they have more knowledge and understanding of the principles of liberty in the Constitution than the majority of elected officials, judges, and attorneys in the country. And they've gone toe-to-toe -to -toe with their elected leaders. In fact, one of our moms uh, just a few months ago from Florida contacted me and said she just loves what she's learning in the cottage meetings. We keep hearing life-changing. That's that's the big definition we yeah, hear. And, and she said, I was just talking to my state representative about a constitutional principle, and he asked if I could slow down because he wanted to take notes. So this yeah. is what moms are learning. And really what we're giving them is a liberal arts education they should have received in school in 12 and 16 weeks. Now you can do it once a month, but what's happening now is moms are like on the fast track. And everything that we've created has literally prepared us for this time, that there's such a time as this. Yes. It's, I mean, you keep hearing that over and over and over again, because that's really where we are. And now we have these resources to help and support them. And they're flooding to us because they want to know. So I'm going to back up a couple things why this is so great. I mean, I assume your kids are all grown. My, yeah. My youngest is 18. 
Okay. What I was going to say about that is when you're a mom and you have kids at home, as, as we did for years, you know, you can't really uh, necessarily go to Republican women club meetings. Right. You can't go to political rallies. I mean, you're just, you're home a lot. And so this gives you an ability while you're home and still in your at-home mode in life to engage with these important ideas. And, and the other thing I love is you get other mothers. If you just invite mothers in, you say, we're having a political meeting for this candidate, this political party, and they say, no, they, you might get the answer. It doesn't right. interest me. Let's just say, no, let's talk about what America is. Right. Well, and, and that's the funny thing is they don't even know what a cottage meeting is most of the time. It, you're just coming. In fact, I, we hear this all the time. I, I didn't know what a cottage meeting was. My friend just invited me, and I wanted to support her, and she was serving brownies. And so, yeah. you know, they, they just get together, whether it's, you know, your bunco group or whatever it is. This is just a way to get together. Well, we have a beginning and a middle and an end. You come, you you learn, you know, to have this discussion. The hostess leads it. The hostess is just the, the you know, the woman who decides that she's going to bring her friends and neighbors in. And the discussion just it just explodes because there I remember my first cottage meeting like the best way to explain it is my first cottage meeting I had um, we didn't have the book yet we didn't have the resources we didn't have any of this but Kirk Cameron's film had just come out monumental yeah. and I felt impressed to show that and so during the the film I kept hearing these moms say well how did you, I didn't know that. Did you know that? Well, what should we be reading? Well, how can we get more involved? Now, the interesting thing about this is as they were all coming, I have this big library, and they were looking at my library going, oh my gosh, does she read all those books? Who even reads anymore? And I don't have time to read, and, and I don't have time to get involved in anything else. After the film, they were like, oh my gosh, what should we be reading, and how can we get more involved? So that's what happens when they get this, this hope of what America is really about, when they're constantly being told the exact opposite, that America is bad and ugly and horrible, and then they get excited and they want to share it with their children. So we have cottage meeting for kids. We've created mini cottage meetings where they can just meet for lunch or in a play group. So we've, we've made it really simple for them to be able to do this. So your organization creates the literature. So someone who is hosting a cottage meeting gets from you uh, either all in one bundle or once a week, mm -hmm. whatever they, you, and so you made it easy for them because they don't have to go dive in and study. Right. They can take your literature. We've been giving them all the information and we have online classes and you can download the ones that we've already recorded. So we even have a plug and play with a, with a, our, Julene Jackson as our official instructor and she, we did some, uh, she did a great job. We did some uh, professional videos. So you can actually bring your friends and neighbors in, push play, play the, her video, and then just discuss it. It's, it's okay. great. <laughs> I love that, too. And actually, I will say, there are things I know that um, there are many organizations. I mean, I, I will say, I'm loving this time in American history uh, because it feels like the most activist time since I can remember my entire life. And I've been politically active a long time. But, but the sense of the, the average person who otherwise might be too distracted with kids and job and whatever else they're having to do in life, they are realizing, I need to be involved. And so this gives them a way to understand what's going on. And plus, there's a difference. If you invite someone to a, for example, a political meeting, you invite them to a uh, Republican or Democrat women meeting, whatever it is, that's a, you got to be a little bit more sure of yourself, a little more confident mm -hmm. to step out and go, okay, I'll go to a political meeting or I'll go for this candidate. 
But you're just saying, come over to my house, right. and we're going to talk about what America and, is. And it's really rare, because if we told them that this is about politics, they wouldn't come. Moms don't want to do politics, and, and they don't. moms don't wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to be an activist today. They, they are either fighting against something or they're fighting for something. Right now, we have a whole nation of moms that are fighting against something. They're angry, and that's going to be short, frenzied fight. And we want them to fight for something, because that's long and steady, and it wins. I love that, but fighting against something. Right now, you have moms speaking up in the public schools yes. about CRT, uh, transgender in kindergartners, uh, the bashing of America in American history courses, and, and in just history in general. So those are pretty good things to be fighting against. Oh, but absolutely. To, yeah. And they are. And that's why we did our, our congressional report card, because all these moms were like, well, how do we know who they are? are? Are these people really representing our values? Yeah, so tell us about that, the congressional report card that yeah. your organization put yeah, out. Yeah, so we, um, we, yeah, we got it. Is it right here? <laughs> uh-huh. We, um, we scored all... <laughs> 535 members of Congress on 12 key issues that moms care about, everything from what's happening in our schools to borders to, to protection of, of our neighborhoods, ourselves with our guns, because of the if our neighborhoods aren't going to be safe, then we need to be able to protect ourselves. And we don't like those rights being taken away. And now the economy. You know, normally the economy, you know, your eyes glass over when you talk about numbers and statistics. But now moms are trying to decide between a gallon of gas and a gallon of milk. So now they realize that's really important. So all of those issues we graded them on and they earned the grade they got. We had several members of Congress contact us and say, well, why did I, why'd you give me this grade? And I'm like, we didn't, we didn't give you a grade. You earned it. And if you don't like it, maybe like, you should change your votes. It's like the kids saying, why do you mean after my math test? Well, because you, okay. Right. But how do you, who decide this? You, you have a group within Moms for America who, who uh, looked at bills and looked at issues and decided this is the pro-mom. Yes. So in the House, vote? in the House, there were, I believe, 22 bills that we looked at for those 12 issues. In the Senate, there were 10. And it just helped us to grade them. Like, for instance, the, on the economy, it was all the money that we sent to Ukraine. And that's why a lot oh. of Republicans didn't do well on their grades. Because, you know, that's not the role of, of our government or Congress. This is our money. And they need to not be sending it out there when we're trying to manage our own homes and households. You know, it's interesting you say that these women are particularly uh, focused, maybe for the first time, in economic issues, because I've done, I wrote my book and talked a lot about the idea of why women are drawn to vote for big government, and they're drawn, and, and, and sadly, still the data will show that uh, more women than, the larger percentage of women than men are swayed by big government programs. Because we're oh, bleeding hearts. I, I want to help, I want to help, yeah, they want to help. It's number one, right. it's, it's helping. It's also the sense of fairness, which is a beautiful attribute. We should have a sense of fairness. Right. Should, but applying those beautiful ideas of being compassionate, wanting fairness to reality in the economic realm helps people see, wow, I'm, so I'm voting for, mm -hmm. and then they realize what, what is happening to their money. And the other big thing that helps women, so basic, or helps everyone, is when they say I'm voting for a program it's, as you said, it's your money. You just voted to take your neighbor who, you know, is paying high taxes. It, it's their money. It's your money that's going to this program, not the government's magic that's money. That's right. There's no, there's no money tree out there. And that's that's the misnomer. that You have this idea that, oh, the government's taking care of it. No, you're paying for it. So that's, and we make it very simple. Um, we have, the, one of the examples we use is the mom who uh, comes to, to another mom's door and says, my child just 
broke his leg and I need $500 because I can't afford the cast, so you need to give it to me. And the, and the, mom, the other mom's like, well, I, I can't because I'm paying for my daughter's insulin for her diabetes and I right. can't afford to do that. And then the government comes to the door and says, you have to give her $500 or you're going to go to jail. And so what's she supposed to do with her daughter with, that needs insulin? And suddenly the moms are like, oh, oh that's not yes. fair. You know, I, I love those breaking it down to that level. And the same thing is true of border policy when you can say, well, I really feel compassionate. We should let the poor in. OK, well, how about your house? You have an extra bedroom. We'll be sending That's seven, right. you know, like, wait a minute, not mine. It's the same thing. Yeah, I, I love that. So I know you have you have the congressional report card. Again, I'll hold it up for our listeners to see. Can someone can they get this from you somehow? Absolutely. You can get it on momsforamerica.us. There's a there's a, a box right on there where you can access it. We also have a C4 Moms for America Action, and it's all over that website. Mom, it's mfaaction.com or momsforamerica.us. Okay, I love that too. And so the one that's a C4, what is the activism they're doing? Actually, before you answer that, for our radio listeners, you're about to go off to a break for three minutes. We'll be right here when you come back. If you want later to hear the entire show, the entire interview, go to our website, americacanwetalk.org, americacanwetalk.org. The whole show, plus separately the interview, will be up by tomorrow. And we'd love to have you listen to the whole show. And don't go away in that little tiny three-minute break. We'll be right here. Do come back. So... Okay, so activism, uh, that's one of the things that moms always want to know. What, what can we do? So right now, there are a couple of issues that they're hitting hard. This uh, drag queen nonsense that's going on. Uh, we just put a, a, a graphic up on our website and said, if this is happening in your neighborhood, you know, let us know. Here's what you can do about it. And we've had hundreds. Within 20 minutes, it was like exploding. So it's already gone viral because moms are upset. This is happening in our schools where they're doing drag queen pep rallies. They're doing it. It's not just drag queen story hour anymore which moms are I can't understand why any parent would take your child to that but you know you do you I do me but when you start inviting children um, into the, the parks they're having park days and oh, yeah. come to the drag queen park day and it says family friendly event and have your children bring dollars to to uh, present to Load. the performers yeah. and you're like what is wrong with you people so we've been pushing back on that and we've been able to so far just in the last two weeks cancel 23 of these events across the country I love that. And it is a kind of thing where, you know, I was talking earlier about at St. Vincent's College or other examples where uh, the kind of the leftist, uh, very um, antithetical to God, antithetical to American founding ideas, they are aggressive and they push and they assert mm -hmm. and they push. And many people who are the kind of just, they're common sense American patriots. They love America. They love God. They love their, they, they love their family. And they look at this and think, oh, that's so ridiculous. But because leftists and pro drag queen types among others speak up and common sense americans often don't and it, it just it they prevail that the the push of the left prevails unless the voices come from the right like you're organizing and saying actually no you can't do that here we're going to stop it i love yeah. it oh and i love what you said about the counter voice because that's really what we are we were the counter voice during the kavanaugh confirmation and, and they and all the senators said until the mom showed up this was not happening they did not have the votes they did not have the support and you know what we did we came in and we gave those men some backbone and you know what i don't i don't i don't uh, you know judge them at all because what man wants to go against don't you care that i was victimized don't you believe that i was victimized no man wants to go against that 
What my frustration was is where are all the women in Congress standing up and going, uh-uh, that's not what this is about. Right. So we came and we did it. And, and it gave the men courage to stand up and go, yeah, okay, finally. Somebody's, because they think that when, when the women show up, when the Jezebels, as I call them, show up and, and push this language and these ideas and, and these radical agendas, then they think that that represents all the women, the majority of right. the women across the country. And it does not. So we have to be the counter voice. I love that term. I'm going to steal that term. Counter voice. I like that word a lot. Okay, so wrapping up. So if someone listening to this really wants to be involved, first of all, can anyone start a, a, a group at home? or how, How's that work? Absolutely. Three or more women, that's a, that's a group. And, and you, you can be a Moms for America group and wear our brand, or you can just decide to get together and, and benefit from the network. But we have over 500,000 moms in this network and growing. Oh, and, and that's so great. It's, it's, it's amazing. Moms. All 50 states and, and the groups are just popping up everywhere. And I don't want moms to feel like, oh, well, I, I have to have all this knowledge and understanding. I'm just a mom. And those are the most powerful words in English language. I was just a mom who said, this isn't okay, and just invited some friends into my home. And you don't have to start a national organization. You don't have to rally. You don't have to run for office. You don't have to march on D.C. Just bring your friends and neighbors into your own home and start a conversation, and that will start something amazing right where you well, are. And you inform them. They don't have to be informed. No, they, can they just don't. just be passionate, kind of know, things don't seem right here. I want to figure out why. Mm -hmm. And then you give them the... Uh, intellectual ammo and then god steps in and he touches their heart and maybe it is running for office maybe it's just you know setting up a, a school in in the local community maybe it's the grandma deciding to homeschool her children whatever it is god will put it on your heart we just give you the information that you've been denied the story of america that you should have been told and what your rights are and where they come from and that is very empowering and god touches their hearts and then they get involved you know, on that point, it's a great way to close out about what America really is. I, we talked I, uh, so often on the show and the speeches, I talk about the idea. The founders were not saying, hey, here's a great new idea. Let's try a nation with this set of rules or this structure. They were really relying on uh, ancient, you know, philosophers and the Bible and, and the scriptures to say, that man has God-given rights, I always throw in, simply because he was born or she was born, <laughs> right. just because you're born. And these are God-given rights that are inherent and always have been for all mankind since time began, since humanity began. But we did not have a nation that would say, and we're going to found ourselves on honoring that and structuring a government around the idea of protecting that. That's right. That's and that's what, what the Constitution does. Yes. The, the, the Constitution protects those God-given rights. And that's one of the things that we teach moms right off the gate. There is no such thing as a constitutional right. Your rights come from God and the Constitution protects them. So you need to protect the Constitution. That is your best friend. I love that. I love it. So again, Kimberly Fletcher, tell our audience the website to go to and what else they can do to get involved with the um, group. Come to momsforamerica.us. You can join us on, on all our social media platforms. And we encourage you to sign the Declaration of Mothers, which is actually oh, okay. in the congressional record. And the more moms who sign it, the greater our voice is. And uh, it, it gives you a, a, a standing of principles that you can then share with those who represent you in your community. So yeah, just jump on board. We'd love to have you. You are something. Actually, you know, I was thinking when you, I read that you were a mother of eight. When I read it, I thought, I think I did know that before. But in any case, probably you acquired organizational skills yeah, as a mother what, of eight. That's what I was going to so. say. Any mother out there who thinks, oh, I just can't do this. If you've been a mother, running a national organization is 
nothing compared yeah. to what it takes to be a mom. Well, especially with the eight kid part. Okay. Right. Kimberly Fletcher, I know you're busy and I know you've got lots of great things going on. Thank you for taking the time and joining me today. Thank you. Loved having you. Loved having you here. Okay, my friends, uh, we only have, we have a couple more uh, stories I want to hit today. And um, I call this Who Defends Western Freedom? Nord Stream. Not Nordstrom, as the White House spokesperson says, actually Nordstream. It's a pipeline uh, and Biden. And I really want to kind of do a combination of points in this segment. So you likely know by now that there has been a major and potentially impactful international uh, incident occur in which there were explosions. And this is way under sea level. These are pipelines that are way under. I looked, I did the translation from meters. It's 87 yards. These pipelines are buried 87 yards below the surface of the ocean. And these are Russian lines moving, essentially getting uh, energy over, getting um, energy over to uh, Western Europe and through Germany. And there were uh, two explosions, so two different points in these uh, pipelines that had just Monday of this week, so two days ago, explosion or some other injury to the pipeline. And before we get into talking about all of what uh, I want to tell you, I first have a little clip to play for you. This is uh, he who occupies the White House explaining a few months ago what he was going to do if Russia dared to invade Ukraine. If we can play uh, Joe Biden, please. Let me answer the first question first. If Germany, if uh, if Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the uh, the, the border of Ukraine uh, again. Then uh, there will be uh, we there will be no longer a Nord Stream two. We we will bring an end to it. But but how will you how will you do that exactly? Since the project and control of the project is within Germany's control. We will, uh, I promise you, we'll be able to do it. Okay, just want to point out that that is uh, he who occupies the White House and promising now, this was several months ago, um, that he, if Russia were to invade Ukraine, that America would attack the pipeline. And so, um, I'm not saying America is responsible for what occurred. There are many, many people speculating, experts, pundits, you know, all, all sorts of people speculating about what happened to Russia's um, pipeline under the ocean. However, um, it's obviously when you say things like that and you're the president of the United States, people do wonder, are, are you the one? Did you do this? Um, and so far as I'm aware, I checked before I left home, I've not heard uh, the White House affirm or deny that they did actually engage in a sabotage of Russia's pipeline to Germany, which he was saying they would do uh, if Russia were to invade Ukraine, which it has done. There's also a second clip, if I could actually quickly play that second clip, also related to the pipeline. Um, with regard to Nord Stream 2, uh, we continue to have uh, very strong and clear conversations uh, with our German allies, and I want to be clear with you today. If Russia invades Ukraine, one way or another, Nord Stream 2 will not move forward. Okay, so uh, they make it pretty clear that that is, is the intent of the Biden administration. I'm not going to opine today on whether or not America did cause this damage. But I do want to share a couple of uh, facts about the situation and also make a point about the dangerous dearth of actual intelligent leadership in America and really around the world 
uh, which is coming to the fore now, we're coming to recognize uh, how problematic it is. So you had this pipeline um, explode, and I'll quickly tell you about that. I mentioned it's 87 yards below, um, below the surface of the ocean, uh, almost impossible that the pipeline had a natural break. The, the uh, rupture of the... Um, Pipeline itself is steel pipe, very thick, has a wall of, you know, over an inch and a half wide. Um, and then the explosion was so immense when the pipeline burst uh, that it was heard in areas where gas, methane gas, is now leaking out of the pipelines. Uh, the Swedish National uh, Seismic Network actually detected one explosion that registered on the Richter scale, which is what they use, you know, when they Richter scales when they're measuring earthquakes. The explosion was so immense under the uh, ground, under the ocean, that it actually registered on the Richter scale. Um, they're talking about a danger of um, methane gases leaking. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, German officials are claiming it had to be an act of sabotage, um, and as also are the Danish saying the same thing, um, that it had to be a sabotage. Um, and I will tell you, interestingly, in Germany, we're going to get to the background on this pipeline in just a moment, but in Germany, just one day before this pipeline uh, explosion, uh, there were massive protests in the streets in northeastern Germany, in the seaside town of Lubmin, L-U-B-M-I-N, Lubmin, uh, on Sunday, urging officials to put back into service the halted Nord Stream 2 pipeline project that was uh, designated, designed to transport fuel from Russia to Germany. And here are a few more background facts before I get my point about the desperate need for leadership in this country, in this world today. So you may or may not know that it was back in August of 2021 that, um, I'm sorry, July of 2021, the Biden administration announced an agreement with Germany that would, in fact, would essentially, in effect, allow the completion of the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Nord Stream 2 is a natural gas pipeline from Russia to Germany. Both the Obama and the Trump administration, so a Dem and Republican, both Obama and Trump administrations, opposed the pipeline. And again, running from Germany, excuse me, from Russia to Germany, both opposed it because it hands Russian President Putin a powerful geopolitical weapon. I mean, when you're controlling and providing the uh, natural gas to Western Europe as winter is coming, you control the ability to cut it off. And in both Obama and Trump administrations, they pointed out in 2006 and 2009, Moscow cut off supply to the Ukrainian, to the Ukrainian pipeline, leaving Central European states without power in the middle of winter. So, there was, so Biden went ahead, even over the opposition of Democrat members of the House and the Senate, went ahead and established with Germany this Nord Stream 2 uh, deal and the, the uh, commitment of both U.S. and Germany was that they're going to hold Russia accountable for its aggression uh, and activities by imposing costs and sanctions um, and then saying basically Germany will help negotiate a new Ukraine gas transit agreement with Russia and, Germany, uh, and on and on. So Biden is all in the mix of this, of permitting and enabling the Russian pipeline which uh, now has been bombed. And many people, both sides of the aisle, thought it was a really bad idea because it gives so much power to Putin. On top of, because he can cut off Europe if they don't do what he says. On top of that, there is growing recognition that much of the language coming out of Russia, out of Putin, sounds very much like he is allying, allying himself, making an alliance with, a closer alliance with China. So now you have China, massive hegemonic goal. They plan to control the world. China 
We've been over it many times. Experts will tell you China intends to rule the world, and they tend to rule it with communism, and they intend to be the single superpower. And now they're connecting with Putin, and, and Putin's now got power uh, to deal with, to uh, cut off or supply energy to Western Europe. Much danger in the region, uh, much danger for the whole world, as two of the nefarious powers in this world, China and Russia, appear more closely allied. And then you compound that with, we're, we're talking about the ongoing battle between Russia and, the, and Ukraine, and, you know, Biden having uh, made the threat we just played a moment ago, uh, if, if Russia ever dares invade the Ukraine, yeah, we're going to do something about it. And, and lo and behold, um, you know, they did. And so, don't know if, if America was responsible for it or not, but Europe is already... Western Europe, reliant on this national energy, this pipeline from Russia, already very fearful. They're in the midst of a growing energy crisis. Very recent article describing Europe's energy crisis. Individuals and industries being battered by high energy prices on August 31st, as I already mentioned. Russia shut down Nord Stream 1 gas pipeline to Germany for initially what was supposed to be 72 hours, but then followed by announcement of technical difficulties. Uh, we're working on it. That led to the big protests I mentioned in Germany. They're saying, turn it back on already. Um, so we have skyrocketing costs in Western Europe already. We have Putin playing games and, and making very serious threats, both about what's incurring in the, with the Ukraine and about his provision of energy. And there were, by the way, back in uh, 2019, there was a Russian, um, there was a, a, an effort by Congress um, to stop Russia's Nord Stream 2. And again, it's not Nordstrom, the uh, lovely department store. It is Nord Stream 2. So there was an effort by Congress making last-minute efforts during the uh, last year of the, or, yeah, last year of the Trump administration uh, to, uh, because they're concerned about what, what Russia is doing. Uh, Russian energy dominance of continental Europe, NATO allies took a slight hit when the U.S. lawmakers made a last-minute attempt to derail Nord Stream 2, an undersea natural gas pipeline from Russia to Germany, bipartisan effort in 2019, U.S. House representatives wants it stopped. Which gets me around to the point I want to really make. You think about an American history and the really, really dangerous times in American history. You think about, for example, when you had a little, uh, you know, a beautiful, uh, dedicated group of people in what we now call New England, you know, in the New England states, in, in, in Massachusetts, um, in that part of the world, we were still a colony of England, but you had men, and at the time it was mostly men, a few women, but mostly men, who understood the idea, we have to stand up for the idea of freedom. We cannot continue to live under the whims and the uh, irresponsible conduct and the threatening conduct from King George. So you had people in America galvanize, organize themselves, as I always point out, you know, there wasn't just an overnight decision by America, hey, I think we'll have a revolutionary war. It took people, leaders and thinkers, to convince other people of the idea that America had the right to assert its independence, to declare its independence from England, and could win a war against what was then the world's single largest power, the most dominant, especially naval power in the world, and the Americans here, our forefathers here, 
decided we can have a revolution. They believed in the idea of America. They had to fight for it. They had to organize. And ultimately, when you look back now, the Revolutionary War, many names emerge as heroes. But among the most, of course, is George Washington. The idea of his leadership, of a ragtag bunch of soldiers, uh, the whole uh, story of, of Valley Forge, I mean, all of that is, is a just profoundly important uh, episode and, and defining moment in American history because George Washington was willing to keep up the fight and, 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 and convince people, uh, inspire them to believe in themselves and their capacity to stand up and win against King George. So you have George Washington, just a stellar, you know, unparalleled figure in American history. Of course, in the Civil War, we had Abraham Lincoln was able to say, you know, we, I know that the South thinks they can't survive without slavery, but we can't have slavery anymore. Please do not write me emails pointing out that the Civil War didn't start over slavery. Please don't do that. The end of the Civil War was the end of slavery, and it was Lincoln's leadership on that issue that just said, Emancipation Proclamation cannot have slavery anymore in America. And he stands as a singular, stellar figure in American history, standing up for the idea of America, standing up for the notion that we can rid ourselves of this evil of slavery. Lincoln, powerful, motivating leader. You look at the Battle of the Cold War, which was not a physical war, but it required monumental leadership and deeply uh, principled and, and deeply thoughtful leadership. Reagan in America, Thatcher in the UK, just saying, we're not going to let Russia, communist Russia, rise to the dominance it wants to have in this world. Even World War II, you look at FDR, you look at Eisenhower. We had noble figures in American history leading this country at very dangerous and dark times. Please tell me who in Washington today could fill that role as we face Russia, China, the Ukraine mess, who? The rise of communism in this world, the rise of the leftist, socialist, globalist, dominant mindset. Who in America is there who can stand up for America? Who can do that? Who can be anything like Reagan or Lincoln or Washington or Eisenhower or FDR? And I'm going to tell you, it is not the dithering man who share, shakes hands with the air, who loses track of his conversation half the time. It is not the man who occupies the White House. It is not he who was, who took over America in January 2021 after a fraudulent election. That man is not capable of leading anything. He doesn't, at this point in his life, he doesn't understand anything because he's suffering from severe, severe mental decline. And even when he was more mentally together, when he did not suffer from dementia, he served in the United States Senate and served because of his commitment and his utter uh, obedience to communist organizations. Council for a Livable World, look it up, Council for a Livable World got Joe Biden from obscurity as a city council member to a sitting member of the United States Senate, and they are a communist organization funded, to, funded by the communists, designed to support the dominance of Russian communism, and he was in that Senate the whole time, in the U.S. Senate, and committed to them because they funded his ability to be there, committed to aiding and abetting the Russian growth of dominance and nuclear weapons, and committed to them 
to convince America to reduce our nuclear weapons, to end nuclear weapons. He was committed as a member of the Senate to help Russia and undermine America. So even when he was sentient, he wasn't on our side. He's most definitely not on our side now. He's on the side of the communist Chinese, to whom he owes a great deal because of all of Hunter Biden's dealings, and, and to the Council for a Livable World, the entire mentality he's immersed himself in since he began in politics. Now I'll tell you, former President Trump did issue a statement stating that we are in a very dire situation in this world. President Trump announced just yesterday, I think, and we need, we need to negotiate a solution. We have to negotiate a solution to what is occurring uh, in, with the Ukraine. We simply have to do that. And so he, President Trump, said, I will volunteer to negotiate a solution between the Ukraine and Russia. Now, I am telling you, I know the Biden administration uh, just can't even stand to let the guy uh, that they can't even stand that he lives in freedom, that he isn't locked up someplace. They're not going to take him up on his offer. I understand this. But I want you to think about what President Trump did do. He is not a perfect man. He was not a perfect president. No one has ever been. But just think about the things he did do. Russia did not dare invade the Ukraine when Trump was president. When Trump was president, he negotiated his work, negotiated the Abraham Accords, negotiated the formerly completely, uh, you know, at, at wits and at each other's throats um, organization between a deal between Israel and the United Arab Emirates and Bahrain, been in effect since September 15th of 2020. This is a guy who negotiated Abraham Accords, who the world leaders respected or at least feared. And you may mock, and I know that the Biden administration is unlikely to be willing to give any uh, credence to what President Trump is offering, but ask yourself, who in this lunatic leftist administration anywhere in the White House, in any of the top agencies, has the commitment and love of America, commitment to the ideas of America, commitment to freedom, and the mental acumen and determination and strength to negotiate what is now a very dangerous situation in this world between Russia and the Ukraine. Russia, by the way, of course, as you likely heard, threatening nuclear weapons. I don't think the Biden administration should be laughing off the offer made by President Trump, especially when, and again, I invite you, suggest to me someone else who could handle this. I don't think so. I don't think there is one. Um, last quick thing, uh, we have a few more minutes. Um, I'm gonna, um, I wanna talk about the hurricane in Florida. And I will tell you that I have dear friends in Florida. I have a really close friend from high school who lives in Tampa, you know, texting with her last night, texting this morning. Uh, she and her husband, they're staying put. Their daughter lives near them too, their adult daughter. They're staying put, they're in Tampa. And they've been through this, you know, they, this dog and pony show a few times. They've been, you know, been down this path. This is their decision. Another great friend lives in Florida. And uh, they were in an area that was supposedly targeted, you know, that the center of the storm is gonna hit them. So they moved up to Fort Lauderdale temporarily. I mean, 
you know, evacuated to Fort Lauderdale, which now appears to be in the eye of the storm and where the storm is headed. So I think all of us need to be praying for America, for Florida, for the, you know, just the uh, the importance of uh, the our precious citizens. I'll tell you, America has always been the most generous nation on earth within our own borders and America generous to others. And so were there to be catastrophic damage in Florida, which it does appear is headed that way, I guess Ian made um, landfall at category at Cat 4, which is a little better than Cat 5, but there's likely big damage. America will step up as it always has. But I want to point out how the left cannot resist being political, even in the face of this, of this you know, danger, this hurricane, massive, massive hurricane, already took all the power out in Cuba. And so number one political is President Biden called a bunch of the mayors in the relevant cities in Florida. So Biden president calls the mayors of cities, of Democrat cities, and he doesn't call Governor DeSantis. And I'm sorry, you know, I mean, heaven knows DeSantis and Biden are political opposites, but this is the level of childish immaturity that is, that is just prevalent throughout the left, even in the case of a hurricane when massive danger on the way and everyone should be coordinating, you have Biden deciding not to call the governor, who's obviously coordinating the whole statewide effort, and call just the Democrat mayors. I mean, it, it's, just, it's just excruciating. The other quick thing I'll tell you was that Don Lemon, a CNN host, uh, who just I mean, continues to embarrass uh, himself and embarrass all leftists, uh, had yet another almost absurd embarrassment level silly thing he did. I um, mean, he had on with him as a guest on the show. We had someone from the NOAA, which is the National Oceanic and Atmosphere Administration. And so he's trying to egg this guy on to say, oh, Ian's a really big hurricane. It's probably climate change. So let's quick play that if we would, uh, please. Yeah, Emilio, thank you. Can you tell us what this is and what effect climate change has on this phenomenon? Well, we can come back and talk about climate change uh, at a later time. I want to focus on the here and now. We think the rapid intensification is probably almost done. There could be a little bit more intensification as it's still over the warm waters of the uh, eastern Gulf of Mexico, but I don't think we're going to get any more rapid intensification. If you look here, you can actually see, pretty interesting for your viewers, you can actually see a second eye wall forming around the inner eye wall, and that's basically the second eye wall has overtaken the original eye wall, and that should arrest development. Uh, so, listen, I just, I'm just trying to get that you said you want to talk about climate change, but what, what effect does climate change have on this phenomenon that, that is happening now? Because it seems these storms are intensifying. That's the question. Here. I don't think you can link climate change to any one event. Okay. On the whole, on the cumulative, uh, climate change uh, may be making storms worse, uh, but uh, to link it to any one event, um, I, I would caution against that. Okay. Well, they, uh, listen, I... Okay. Well, you end up saying we're almost out of time for our radio listeners. No, actually, we're not. Uh, you know what? Can you pick it up again? Yeah, let me, let me play the rest of what Lemon had to say, and then we'll talk about it. You want to talk about climate change, but what, what effect does climate change have on this phenomenon that, that is happening now because it seems these storms are intensifying. That's the question. Here. I don't think you can link climate change to any one event. Okay. On the whole, on the cumulative, uh, climate change uh, may be making storms worse, uh, but uh, to link it to any one event, um, I, I would caution against that. Okay. Well, they, uh, listen, I grew up there and these storms are intensifying. Something is causing them to int intensify.
Okay. First of all, I mean, he's like a five-year-old. Don Lemon is whining on an interview of great importance to many people who are trying to watch what Ian, uh, Hurricane Ian is doing, where it's likely to land, how big it is, what's going on. And he just, he, he's bothered because this actual expert is telling him, no, you really can't link climate change to this hurricane. You really can't do that. And his pouting ending statement of, well, I grew up there and I know, I mean, so childish, but I want to say what's going to happen. I mean, this is a, any kind of major weather incident like this uh, Hurricane Ian. Everyone should be praying for Florida. Everyone should be planning if there is need for a great collection of food and other items we're always trying to collect. We will all participate. We always do. America always does. But understand, I want to sh share with you actual facts, actual facts from actual experts. First of all, if you can put up that graph very quickly, there's a graph to show you. This is a graph showing the frequency of tropical storms along the top and hurricanes on the bottom starting in 1970 up until now. And as you can see, there's no, there's no major change. No, I mean, all this hysteria about CO2 and climate change, we're all going to die. All of that is simply not borne out by facts. That's one set of facts. You can come back to me. Now I want to tell you some other facts because what you're going to see once the hurricane occurs, you're going to see all sorts of policy people in Washington, all sorts of leftist demands. You see, you see climate change. You know, look at this poor family lost their home. And the only reason they lost is because mean people won't give more funding to climate change agenda alarmism. And I want to just tell you, they lie. They lie to you because they know these facts. As you saw from that graph, let me share just a few other facts with you. Even the famous inter Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, IPCC, has said that since 1900, so we were barely getting into cars at that time, since 1900, there is no trend in the frequency of USA landfall events for hurricanes. No trend. Since at least 1980, there are no clear trends in overall global hurricane and major hurricane activity, and no consensus among experts on the relative role of human influences on Atlantic hurricane activity. I I'll continue. These are the actual experts saying to you, this hurricane, even if it turns out to be terribly damaging, this hurricane is not due to climate change. We've had increases in and changes in temperatures and an ebb and flow of hurricane levels. There's absolutely no basis for Don Lemon and all the other leftists you're going to hear saying this to be claiming that we had this hurricane because climate change, because we don't do enough, because we all still drive cars, because we all still live in freedom. Here are some other key takeaways. No increase in hurricanes, even during this, this most recent era of modest planet warming. At the UN, the IPCC agrees no increase in the frequency or severity of hurricanes. The United States recently went through the longest period in recorded history without a major hurricane strike. The United States recently experienced its fewest total hurricanes in any eight-year period. In Florida, America's most hurricane-prone state, recently underwent its longest period in recorded history without any hurricanes. People, please understand, hurricane bad, help American victims good, American people great will help. 
the effort of the left, which will no doubt be spewing out in the next few weeks, claiming the hurricane is because of climate change, and this is because mean people won't spend every last billion dollar America has on some latest climate change alarmism scheme. Hurricanes are not caused by climate change. Hurricanes are not worse because of climate change. Hurricanes are not more frequent because of climate change, and they are not more deadly because of climate change. None of those things are true, but recognize it helps you, I hope, lifts the veil off people's eyes, wakes people up and recognize that the left is always and forever going to be used climate change to do what they always wanted to do anyway, which is to aggregate more power in their hands. Climate change is one great excuse. Another one was COVID. They always have another one coming, but their excuses to give away your freedom and give them more power. Don't let them do it. At the close of every show, I tell you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we started our show today talking about uh, St. Vincent's College um, and winning the battle for America. An earnest invited speaker at a Catholic at Catholic St. Um, Vincent College denounces affirmative action and its effects Time to abandon it. That was his message. Leftist mob denounces a speaker. CRT is the correct groupthink. And the school administration cravenly caves and stops all further discussion, apologizes, takes over the center. Academia is the place for spirited discussion of policies, for promoting fairness and eliminating racism. Academia is not the place for cowardice and censorship. No law compelled St. Vincent Co College to cave to the mob. They simply capitulated because there wasn't enough of a counter voice. We the people must help re-inject backbone in U.S. institutional leaders. And um, who defends Western freedom? The Nord Stream Pipeline and Biden. Biden Newland on video prom promising destruction of the Nord Stream Pipeline if Russia invades Ukraine makes USA into top suspect in the sabotage of the pipeline, which can be viewed as an act of war. Both Obama and Trump administrations oppose the pipeline, and the damage now done is severe. Does the destruction of the pipeline really hurt Russia, now delivering gas through China? Or does it mostly hurt the EU, heading into winter without adequate energy supplies? Profoundly complex and high-risk situation demands America's best thinkers and leaders, yet the overall agenda of the Biden cabal is plainly America's destruction. Do they have America's interests at heart in the Ukraine conflict or in many other issues? Trump publicly volunteered to lead a peacemaking mission. Swamp left will guffaw at Trump. But what does the rest of America and the world want? Stakes in the nuclear war are incalculable, and Biden is senile and not trusted by anyone. Pray for America to be, in Lincoln's words, on God's side. And Hurricane Ian Don Lemon is swinging a miss again. CNN's Don Lemon essentially begs NOAA official to blame Hurricane Ian on climate change. NOAA official box won't accept the invitation. Leftists like Lemon are fearful of everything, and they lack knowledge of history and facts and everything. Lemon's recent call for slavery reparations in the wake of, the, of Queen Elizabeth's death, blown out of the water by a UK spokeswoman with knowledge of history of slave trading, how it was ended, and by whom, which was by the Brits. Even UN IPCC detailed data shows no increase in number or intensity of hurricanes over many years. Reagan reminded everyone it isn't so much that, that liberals are ignorant 
It's just that they know so many things that aren't so. Climate change is not causing hurricanes. And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Thank you so very much for tuning in every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time to America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. Can we talk truth about America? Can you